Hey, we got the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. Taking my first sip of coffee in the morning. And man, it's a good one. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. I got the Javagia coffee on sale. Mixed it with some other stuff. And got the, uh, gosh, what's that creamer called? Pumpkin Spice. They're starting to come out with some pumpkin spice, even when it's not Thanksgiving, right? Seasonal for the most part. So pumpkin spice is good sometimes. I like it um, maybe not every time, but it's very good when you haven't had it in a while, I think. You're tuned into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. we got a game to tell you about. The Jaguars won their, absolutely won their first preseason game in Dallas, 28-23. to what are my takeaways from the game? Well, there were some, you know, I guess the best way to describe it would be if I'm going to say anything negative at all, I'm not going to say much negative. I'm going to say the Jaguars, when you take a look at the first preseason game and training camp on a whole, I'm going to say it like this. I think the Jaguars have improved their team in almost every area, at least by a little bit in each area. It is true Trevor Lawrence uh, threw an interception early in the game. Um, However, he also threw a touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. Um, Third-string quarterback Rourke, who used to play in the Canadian Football League, man, he had a scramble. It, It had to be the play of the preseason. He scrambled, broke two or three tackles, and threw a touchdown pass uh, late in the game. I believe that was in the fourth quarter. To help preserve the Jaguars' victory, Dallas scored a touchdown near the end of the game, and the Jaguars won the game 28-23. to We'll take a look at all the stats, if stats mean anything, and they do some in a preseason game. The coaches are really looking at the back end or tail end of the roster, like spots 48-53. through 53. Who's going to absolutely make this team because they they do extra things on special teams? Um, I watched the game yesterday. I know that, um, you know, one of the guys we were looking at, at defensive back, uh, Caleb. Caleb had a pretty good game. I saw him make a nice uh, defensive play on a pass. And we'll talk more about that as well. Trying to get all the names straight, you know, when there's like a, you know, heck, when there's like a 90-man roster, there you go, right? We're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. It is absolutely Saucer Realty and Capital in North Florida, whether it's home residential, business, or commercial real estate. If you need a property um, actually evaluated, um Larry's done land appraising for years and years and years. And it's a good part of what he offers with his services at Saucer Realty and Capital, Saucer Valuations. Um, Caleb Hayes is the guy that I'm talking about, the five foot 10 or five foot 11, 194 pound cornerback, nickelback. He's, you know, making a stand to make the team. He's a undrafted free agent out of BYU, and he's been drawing some raves. Um, 
you know, by many different people out there that cover the NFL. He may have been a steal in the draft, but we'll take a look at all the stats. The Jaguars beat the Cowboys 28-23. Trevor Lawrence got an early touchdown pass in the game. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lake Eufaula Hits, great internet radio where it's all good, LakeEufaulaHits.com. Absolutely great internet radio. And uh, they have Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, uh, Monday, uh, ab- absolutely Monday through Friday evenings. I think at about 7 o'clock in the evening, they go into Hits 2000s. Recognizable and identifiable hits Monday through Friday from morning till afternoon. Then they go into hits 2000s Monday through Friday nights. Late at night now, it's called, I believe, Midnight Rock. Rock after midnight. Midnight Rock. Midnight Central Time. I guess it'd be 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. LakeyFallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. And they have Rock Saturdays as well. Talking about the Jaguars' 28-23 victory. Um, We'll go right to the passing stats. You know, everybody likes following the quarterbacks, right? Um, Nathan Rourke may have had the best game as a Jags quarterback. I mean, he got a touchdown pass, no interceptions. Um, C.J. Beathard came in, and, you know, C.J. was – CJ played okay. He's the backup. You know, everybody, everybody's getting their work in. I mean, that's what it's kind of coming down to. Everybody's getting their work in. Um, Trevor Lawrence is starter. Trevor looked good, though. Trevor, five out of six. You can't get much better than that. Five out of six, 36 yards. One touchdown, one difficult interception. Um, CJ Beathard getting the work in six for 13. TJ, no, uh, CJ, I should say, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Nathan Rourke, the guy who's played in the Canadian Football League, it looks like he's ticketed to be the third string quarterback. I think they're going to keep this guy some way, somehow, as a third string quarterback. He looked good, man. He scrambled. Um, on one particular play, man, he looked like Houdini. He broke two or three tackles and then threw a touchdown pass. So he showed his. Pocket presence, his strength moving around. I think he's probably a keeper. You know, whether he's a second-string quarterback to third-string quarterback, I'm sure the pecking order is uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, the starting quarterback, probably going to be one of the top ten quarterbacks to start the season. And I'm thinking by the end of the year, December of 2023, Trevor Lawrence is going to be, in my mind and in a lot of people's minds, a top five quarterback. I don't know about all the national media. I would say some of them will say Trevor, they're going to get on board with Trevor Lawrence. Some already are. Uh, We'll take a look at some other stats because I know people are interested in knowing about these stats in the Jaguars 28 to 23 win over the Cowboys. I saw Caleb with a K. Caleb. I tried to spell his name with a C, but it's Caleb. Caleb Hayes, the nickelback slash cornerback. The undrafted free agent at a BYU. I think he, he's turning some heads in training camp. Maybe not the preseason game so much, but training camp. But I, I, I saw he had a nice pass breakup where he actually, the receiver got behind him, but he caught up to the guy and made a nice, uh, you know, made a nice, I guess you'd say, a pass breakup and did not get the interception flag and seemed to take uh, defending uh, the play to a good level. 
Caleb Hayes, nickelback slash cornerback, probably going to make this roster. About 5'11 or so, 194 pounds, undrafted free agent at a BYU. He's a player a lot of people are looking at right now. Taking a look at the stats, as you know, again, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he played sparingly. Trevor played really the least amount of any quarterback. He was five out of six, 36 yards, one touchdown, one interception. C.J. Beathard, six out of 13. C.J. got 80 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Nathan Rourke came in nine out of 17, 153 yards. Um, his, his pass plays that were complete to receivers – were for the highest average, nine, 9.0 yards uh, per pass, throw, and catch, in other words, on completed passes. And again, Nathan Ork completed nine passes out of 17 attempts, had the big touchdown on the scramble, and his quarterback ra- rating was by far the best, 103.3. Trevor was 91.7. C.J. Beathard about 66.2. As far as the quarterback rating goes, we'll talk more uh, stats coming up. I want to tell you about the Mad Max Mix. Mad Max Mix can be heard each Wednesday night, each Wednesday night, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Max plays your request. Primarily, the show includes music, pop classics from years gone by, classic rock the Leonard Skinner, the Steely Dan, the Atlanta Rhythm Section, uh, Pink Floyd, you know, Max plays the gamut. Alicia Bridges kind of on the pop side. So check it out, the Mad Max mix, some some Led Zeppelin, I think, thrown in there now and then. So check out the Mad Max mix each Wednesday night, madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find links to Mad Max's Wednesday night internet radio musical quest show on Wednesday night. You'll find the links at bigjreport.com in the That's right, the Mad Max Mix. Madmaxmix.weebly.com the Wednesday night internet radio request show with Mad Max. It's heard Wednesday night 6 to 8 central time 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock eastern time at madmaxmix.weebly.com Simplest way to find it is you go to um, you go to bigjreport.com, go to our Neighbors 2 section. There's links for Mad Max's show in the Neighbors 2 section and also the Outside the Box section. Max plays some good stuff. He'll play Request for Me. He'll play Request for You. He'll play Steely Dan, Led Zeppelin, um, Alicia Bridges, as I mentioned, Gary Wright, a lot of good tunes, Leonard Skinner. Max loves the Jacksonville rock groups, too. Southern rock groups. I mean, he loves rock groups. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, many, 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 many others. Check it out. And, you know, Max, one thing about Max's show here in the last, I don't know if I've told Max this, but in the last probably, you know, almost a year of his show, he's done the show for years, and he did terrestrial radio, did his show on terrestrial radio, for a few years too, but um, I would say Max actually goes way back in the stacks where you can hear some real early stuff. I, I want to say 60s, 
Max may go back to the 60s. Don't know if he's played any 50s, but he may have. But he'll go back. So it's 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 quite a time-based uh, variety. But it's mainly classic rock, classic rock oldies, classic rock classics, uh, music pop classics, the Mad Max Mix. That's madmaxmix.weebly.com. Now, the coffee, the Javalia coffee, which I like dark roasted coffee. And I'll tell you, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Javalia all the time. If it's on sale, it makes it better, right? I uh, got the dark gold roast. It's called dark gold roast. And I mixed it with a little bit of Dunkin' Donuts because it was on sale too. Dunkin' Falling for Maple. It's the uh, Dunkin' Falling for maple. It's got like a waffle with maple syrup on the, you know, on the packaging. So I've mixed that with the Javalia Dark Gold Roast. It's quite interesting. And with the pumpkin spice creamer, definitely got a unique uh, cup of coffee here. Want to tell you about the XFLToday.net. Yeah, XFLToday.net covers a league. The Arlington Renegades won the title. Coach, uh, Bob Stoops' team, Coach Bob Stoops, former head coach at Oklahoma, former defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. His team kind of came right off the deck. There were four teams in the playoffs. It was four teams in the playoffs, right? Four teams in the playoffs. And Bob Stoops' team, the Arlington Renegades, actually had the they, – they didn't have the best record. In the, they were like, what were they, four and six, I think? But they won both of their playoff games. They won when it counted. And Bob Stoops had really, really good game plans in both of those playoff games. If you want to know more about the XFL season, which just concluded several weeks ago, there's some highlights up there. Check it out. And all the scores, basically all the scores from the entire season, you can find at xfltoday.net. I want to talk about these. We do want to talk about uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment and Elegant Time Travel. Dee McDermott, the guy to contact, he's putting together some more trips to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and going to be leaving from different um, rendezvous points where he'll have some trips maybe originating from the south, some from the north, I'm hearing. But for all the details, please contact Dee McDermott. He's right here in Jacksonville. And uh, North Florida, so contact Dee McDermott at 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. Contact Dee McDermott. He loves talking sports as well. He's a former uh, professional baseball player and major college baseball player. He can talk a lot of baseball with you, even modern-day stuff. And, of course, he goes back in the day with sports. Dee McDermott with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. For the trips, if you have questions about the trips Dee's putting together, or if you'd like to book a trip, please contact Dee McDermott. He'll give you the details at 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. For Dee McDermott, contact Dee McDermott with Elegant Time Travel 
and of course, Dark Diamond Entertainment. Talking about our sponsor, Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Larry's been doing land appraising for years and years and years. And the great thing about Larry is if there's something he finds he cannot help you with, he'll lead you in the right direction. I assure you that. But most of, uh, of anything when it comes to real estate, uh, land appraisals, Saucer Realty and Capital uh, here in North Florida, Larry's. Larry's uh, doing real estate deals in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake Cities, and in all those areas in between and a little bit south of the North Florida line. You'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital by uh, simply going to our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage. You'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital. You'll find the link on the homepage. Right in the middle or toward the end of our North Florida weather reports. We got a couple of different weather reports. We always update them every day. So check out the weather, the North Florida 24 7, 365 uh, day a year weather reports 24 7. Check it out. Uh, BigJReport.com. And you'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital right there in the middle of our weather report or toward the end of the weather report as well. XFLToday.net, another sponsor of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. They now have Midnight Rock, Midnight after, Rock After Midnight or Midnight Rock, 12 Midnight. This is every day. This is uh, 12 Midnight Central Time, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. They have Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Recognizable, the recognizable, those recognizable hits during banker's hours, Monday through Friday from morning until late in the afternoon. You know, those identifiable hits, as our executive producer says, those identifiable and recognizable hits at Lake Uvala Hits, LakeUvalaHits.com. Thank you, Paulhits.com. Great internet radio where it's absolute. That's right, LakeyPaulhits.com. Great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. LakeyPaulhits.com. Great internet radio. So, a special thank you to all of our sponsors, Saucerility and Capital. Uh, Lake Uvala Hits, Mad Max Mix, heard Wednesday night. MadMexMix.Weebly.com, XFLToday.net, and also Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, where you can book your trips to the Pro Football Hall of Fame with D.D. McDermott. That's with uh, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. So thank all of you for tuning in. We're going to check. We're going to check the uh, stats. Uh, going back to the Jaguars game, we're here to talk about the Jaguars on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. Speaking of other area sports, congratulations to the Jacksonville Sharks. They won the National Arena League Championship with actually a come-from-behind 54-45 victory over the Carolina Cobras on Saturday night. The celebration went on. At the Shark Tank at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena on Saturday night, August the 12th. Congratulations to the Sharks 
on winning the NAL title, the National Arena League title. The Jacksonville Sharks 54, the Carolina Cobras 45, and Carolina led the game, you know, back in the second quarter. So Carolina had a had a pretty good lead for a while. The Sharks came back, had a great second half and fourth quarter, and came from behind, won the game, held on. The Jacksonville Sharks 54, the Carolina Cobras 45, uh, the final score of that National Arena League championship game. Let's get back to some stats. We talked about the quarterback play um, a little bit earlier in our podcast or broadcast, if you will. We know that Rourke kind of stole the show in the fourth quarter with that scramble. He, You know, he scrambled. I mean, he actually scrambled two or three and broke two or three tackles is what I'm trying to say, and then threw a touchdown pass. Let's take a look at some rushing stats for the Jaguars. Tank Bigsby, you know, my executive producer said Tank Bigsby from Auburn. Jags got him in the Jacksonville Jaguars got him in the third round of the April, the late April 2023 NFL draft. The newest draft. He's a rookie. Tank Bigsby had a good game. And he had the most carries in the game, too. Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, the rookie. Tank Bigsby, nine carries for 52 yards in the game. He had one long one for 34 yards. The Ernest Johnson, the absolute free agent from the Cleveland Browns, he was more of a backup for players, great players like Nick Chubb. But when he played, I know there was one game in particular, he had a really good game. But the Jaguars have signed him as they signed him as a free agent in the offseason. He's trying to make the 50s three, and I think he's got a good shot to. Um, he had, let's see, Dearness Johnson, man, he had five carries, 31 yards for an average of 6.2 yards a carry. Sometimes you just need a shot with a new team. Travis Etienne, five carries, 22 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. His long run was 13 yards. Nathan Rourke, who's played in the Canadian Football League, man, he kind of scrambled around, six carries, 20 yards, his long run, eight yards. He can move a little bit for a quarterback. Snoop Connor, good old Snoop Connor, seven carries, 15 yards. This is the guy his job could really be on the line. Snoop Connor, he's only a second-year guy. You want to keep these rookies because they're on a rookie deal. But Snoop Connor, could he be the running back on the, the outside looking in? Could one of these running backs be possibly traded? I don't see Jamichael Hasty anywhere. I don't see Jamichael Hasty anywhere on the stat board. So we're going to have to do a little research and see why Jamichael Hasty's not playing. Maybe he was not healthy enough to play. So we'll find out. Receiving, um, let's see, receiving receivers for the Jaguars. And there's always you're always going to see new guys pop up to catch the ball there's going to be at least three or four guys that are playing in preseason that aren't even going to make the team or they may get traded to other teams. Um, these are some, some little known guys that we'll tell you about some of the guys, you know, about first Christian Kirk, two catches on his night and his night ended early, two catches, 12 yards and a touchdown reception from quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he had two targets in the game and two catches for 12 yards. One of those was a touchdown. Uh, tight end Brenton Strange out of the second round for the Jaguars out of Penn State. He played. He got two receptions, eight yards. 
Um, let's see. Strange had three targets, caught two passes. His long catch five yards short, short passes to Britton Strange. Uh, Dearness Johnson had one catch. The running back, Dearness Johnson, had one catch for seven yards out of the backfield. Um, Jermichael Hasty, he did show up in the stat sheet, so he did play. But but apparently he didn't get a handoff. He did catch a pass, uh, one catch for three yards from his running back position. Ingram played sparingly. Coach Doug Peterson's son, Josh, Josh Peterson, um, played in the game. Looked like he had a target in the game, but no catches. For um, And Evan Ingram had a target, no catches. Josh Peterson, a tight end, who happens to be Doug Peterson's son. He played for the Houston Gamblers in the, uh, the Spring Football League, the USFL. Uh, let's see, Luke Farrell had a target, no catches. The tight ends really didn't get into play, um, get into the play as far as catching the ball. Garrett Prince, who everybody has raved at this tight end during training camp, looked like he had a – let's see what happened with him. He had uh, he had two targets in the game but no catches. Um, Kevin Austin, Jr., the undrafted free agent in his second year out of Notre Dame, he had three targets but no catches. So he's got to make the team. We were talking about Kevin Austin as a fourth or possibly fifth receiver. Not sure that's going to happen. Tim Jones, who made the team last year, probably was, was the fifth or sixth wide receiver, maybe the sixth wide receiver for the Jaguars last year. He didn't play much during the regular season, but, yes, he was on the team. Some other guys, uh, Derek Parrish um, was a target. I think they're only listing targets or if you had at least one catch. Okay, guys that had catches, Jacob Harris. Don't know much about Jacob Harris. He had one catch for 42 yards in the game. That was a big play. One target, one catch for 42 yards. Elijah Cooks, uh, two receptions, 42 yards. I don't know much about Elijah, but I'm hearing good things about him. Uh, Jarray Jenkins, two catches, 32 yards. Some of these guys aren't going to make the team. Seth Williams, two catches, 23 yards. Snoop Connor did do something, you know, in his defense. He caught two passes for 22 yards. Snoop Connor, the second-year running back out of Ole Miss. Um, let's see, Quadre Allison, don't know much about him. One catch, 21 yards. Calvin Ridley did play, had two targets, two catches for 21 yards in the game, and he's projected to be the Jacksonville Jaguars' number one wide receiver. Kendrick Pryor, one catch, 20 yards. Parker Washington, who was drafted in the sixth round out of Penn State, he had one catch for 16 yards on one target. Again, Christian Kirk, two catches. He's basically at least the number two or number one B receiver. You know, the pecking order right now has got to be Ridley, Kirk, and then Zay Jones. Christian Kirk did have two catches for 12 yards in the game. And I'm not seeing, I don't see Zay Jones, maybe Zay, it doesn't look like Zay Jones had a target in this game, but he's projected again to be the number three wide receiver for the Jaguars. So that is some of the uh, stats running back and obviously uh, wide receiver uh, stats as well. We'll continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Coming up again, congratulations to the Jacksonville Sharks on their 54 to 45 victory over the Carolina Cobras. The Jacksonville Sharks 
win, I believe, their third National Arena League title. I heard last night the commissioner of the National Arena League said that all of Jacksonville's championships in the National Arena League, all three of them, have been played in that in that same building. The uh, the arena, which is now known as the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena, and also known as the Shark Tank. We'll have more on the Till Shirt Report podcast coming up. North Florida Entertainment, some other area sports. Understand the Devil Dogs in the EXFL won their game over the Sanford Tomahawks to finish that four and two regular season. Playoffs are on the way for the EXFL. The 60-yard field they play on, it's eight men on eight on a 60-yard field, primarily played in the hot months of the summer out in the elements. It's like indoor football played outdoors. But the Devil Dogs were big, big double-digit winners over the Sanford Tomahawks. I think Sanford finished 0-6 in league play, while the Devil Dogs, the Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs, uh, finished at four and two, and they've also kind of finished up the regular season with a three-game winning streak. They've done better since they've come back home. They played a couple of games in Green Cove Springs. They played a couple of games in Orange Park. They are known as the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs, finishing their first EXFL regular season with a record of four and two, with the playoffs coming up over the next couple of weeks in the EXFL. We'll talk even college football coming up. Got to talk some college football, right? Florida Gators open the season on the road at Utah. We'll talk more Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports coming up as we continue on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. So the, the Jaguars uh, win their first preseason game. Final score, Jacksonville Jaguars 28, the Dallas Cowboys 23 in Dallas. The Jaguars have two preseason games left before the regular season starts in Indianapolis, I believe, on September the 10th. The Jaguars will play actually a game at Detroit, and then they'll play Miami. So the Jaguars have defeated Dallas 28-23, but then they've got preseason games coming up and left with the Detroit Lions as the next game to be followed by a game with the Miami Dolphins. So a couple more preseason games to left. Um, Three preseason games all totaled. You know, the Jags were in the, um, the Hall of Fame game last year. So that created a situation where the Jags actually got four preseason games last year. But now everybody, unless you play in that Hall of Fame game, it's three preseason games. And you got to figure out your roster, your 53 through training camp and the three preseason games uh, predominantly uh, for the most part. Also, um, I know the Columbus Georgia Lions had won the AIFA championship. They moved from the National Arena League, where the Sharks won the title this year. They moved to the AIFA. And I saw something where the Columbus Georgia Lions are actually going to have open tryouts for their team. And it's going to be on Saturday. I'm looking at the date now. Saturday, September the 23rd, an open tryout. The location to be announced 
all positions are welcome. Um, to register, visit columbuslions.net slash tryouts. That's all positions on the team welcome. They're going to have tryouts. Columbus, Georgia Lions having tryouts in the Columbus, Georgia area on Saturday, September the 23rd, an open tryout. The exact location will be uh, to be announced and to be determined. And to find out more, go to columbuslions.net slash tryouts. So that's interesting. They play in another league, the AIFA. And I think that league may be actually changing their their alphabet. They may be changing the name of that league slightly as well. So, I'm, you know, we'll give you more information about that league, which Columbus, Georgia, the Columbus, Georgia Lions just won the AIFA title over the Mississippi Raiders uh, just a few weeks ago. In the National Arena League, the Jacksonville Sharks won the title 54-45 to over the Carolina Cobras in the National Arena League on Saturday night, August the 12th. So that's some of the latest uh, results as far as uh, indoor arena and semi-pro football play. We've got some, we're going to try to get to some EXFL scores uh, before we leave this episode of the podcast. This is episode show number 59, season number four of the Teal, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we want to congratulate the Jacksonville Jaguars on winning their first preseason game this year in 2023. Jacksonville Jaguars 28, the Dallas Cowboys 23 in the Dallas, Texas area road trip, business trip for the Jaguars. Man, they went there to win and hit somebody else. That's right. They were there to, it was a business trip. They were ready to hit somebody else, and and I I feel, I really feel that the Jaguars have improved their team in almost all areas, at least by a little bit over last year. So I'm looking forward to the season. I still think the Jags got a shot of winning 11 games, going about 11 and six, and again for the second year in a row, having a shot to win the AFC South Division title, which I think they'll win. I think they'll obviously win it with an 11-6 and record. If they get up to 11 wins, they could win it with 10 wins also. But I kind of think they're going to go about 11-6, and maybe 4-2 and in the division. Probably 4-2 and in the division. The six divisional games, the Jags, I look for them to go about 4-2. and That's my prediction. I think they go... I think they win seven. To, in order to get the 11 wins, they would have to win seven of the remaining games outside the division. How long is the season now? Man, the season is long. What, 17 regular season games? You play six division games. You play 11 games outside the division. So what I'm saying is I feel like the Jags are going to go seven and four outside the division, four and two within the, the division. And if my math is correct, that would make them 11 and six. How about that? How about those apples, as I like to say? Man, that would be a good season. Could they win more? Could they win less? Let me tell you what, there's not much difference in, if you have a lot of, sadly, if you have a lot of injuries, a snowballing effect of injuries, 
like the Jags had back in the 2018 season, the year after they went to the AFC title game and lost to the Patriots. Boy, that game will be debated for years. Wow. Um, But the year after the AFC title game where the Jaguars lost to the Patriots in the AFC championship game, the injuries hit probably the most injuries in the history of the franchise back in 2018. If you get a lot of injuries, it could snowball on you, and an 11-6 and season, which you're hoping to have, could end up being 6-11. and We don't want that. So that is, that is actually a possibility with probably almost any team in the NFL. They get, you know, they get the, the players, the important players hurt, or just in general, a lot of players on their roster hurt. A potentially good or very good season could go up in smoke. So what I'm saying is if the Jaguars stay reasonably and relatively healthy, I think they can go 11-6. and six. Let's go back to uh, some of the stats of the Jags' 28-23 to 23 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, talked about Jacksonville fumbles. Nathan Rourke, the third-string quarterback, fumbled once and lost it. So it wasn't too bad. Um, That was about it on turnovers. Dallas turned the ball over a couple of times, lost a couple of fumbles. That kind of hurt Dallas. Let's take a look at – now, now here's some interesting stats. Let's take a look at the defensive stats. Shaq Quarterman played a lot of football. They're really looking at him now. He's, He's getting toward the end of his rookie contract. Um, he wants to be in that rotation. He's not going to be a starter, but he, he may be the first, second, or third linebacker coming off the bench in the rotation because he's going to play. Here, here's what we got for tackles in the game. Antonio Johnson, eight tackles. I love this guy, A.J. out of Texas A&M. He was a fifth-round draft pick uh, just in the last draft in April, late April 2023. He fell. He may have been the steal of the draft in the fifth round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eight tackles in this preseason game, eight total tackles, and five of those tackles were solo tackles. Shaq Quarterman getting toward the end of his rookie deal. Eight total tackles, three solo tackles. I would say that he's putting it out. Um Caleb Johnson, six total tackles, three solo tackles. Jordan Smith, man, I'm so happy to see this guy playing. And he looked good. He's wearing a high number, too, wasn't he, in the 90s somewhere? I'm going to have to find his number. But Jordan Smith had a UAB. He originally started at Florida, ended up at UAB. He didn't play much his first year. He was injured his entire second year. This is his third year. This is a guy that could potentially, potentially, with him coming back, I know he was wearing a knee brace um, through the early parts of training camp. I'm not sure if he's still wearing the knee brace, but Jordan Smith looked pretty good in the game last night. I saw him make one tackle that he really looked good on. He had five total tackles, four solo tackles. He's trying to make this team. He's potentially, if he gets completely healthy at close to 100%, he's potentially a pass rusher. He he looks the part of an edge rusher. I think the edge rushers on this roster now, whether it's Jordan Smith, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, 
perhaps one of the linebackers, Devin Lloyd. It doesn't have to be one guy. It can be a team effort, right? You know, I know some of the the other edge pass rushers that were sitting out there a long time in, in free agency have signed with other teams. I think Floyd went to Buffalo because I guess they're concerned with Von Miller, you know, his injury situation because he was hurt last year and he's getting up in age a little bit. I think Von Miller's, what, 32 now? Maybe older than that. Uh, Von Miller, they got Floyd from Chicago. They signed him, I believe, as a free agent. Um, Unique Ngakwe went to Chicago. You knew he wasn't coming to Jacksonville. There's just too much bad blood between between Unique Ngakwe and the cons, particularly Tony Khan. He wasn't coming back here, even though people had discussed it. So I was very, very happy to see that stat. Jordan Smith, five total tackles, four of them solo tackles. So we know he can make the tackles. He's healthy enough to play, get back on the field, and be productive. And the play I saw was a tackle for a loss where he came in and uh, collapsed on the play. And and I know the, the guy he tackled, uh, I believe the running back he tackled, he lost a yard or two. It's all about sacks, though, right? Yes, sir. Abdullah got a sack in the game. Jeremiah Ledbetter got a sack. Ventrell Miller, rookie fourth-round guy out of Florida, got a sack. Ventrell is a guy that I'm always thinking, man, does he have NFL talent? And what does that mean, NFL talent? Man, he's got the heart, the leadership skills. Fourth-round pick, the Jaguars thought a lot of him. He had two tackles in the game. One of the tackles was a sack. You like to see that, too. So Ventrell Miller, rookie linebacker, fourth-round guy out of Florida, two tackles, two solo tackles. Man, he had a quarterback hit. And he had a sack tackle for a loss. He had a good game. Uh, Daniel Thomas getting near the end of his rookie deal. Daniel Thomas, two tackles, two solo tackles. Played a pretty good game. Devon Hamilton penciled in to be your nose tackler. Defensive tackle Devon Hamilton had a couple of tackles, a solo tackle in this game. And, you know, he had a quarterback hit, too. He's a good player um, out of Ohio State. Rayshon Jenkins had a couple of tackles in the game. Josh Allen, a tackle, and it was a solo tackle. And I don't think some of these starters played very much. Um, Adam Gotsis had a tackle in the game. Uh, I think somebody turned the ball over, and Snoop Connor, the running back, actually had a tackle and a turnover. Um, didn't see any tackles by Roy Robertson Harris. He had a quarterback hit, though. Roy Robertson Harris. Big defensive end, defensive lineman, had a quarterback hit in the game. I am looking because I seen him out there. I saw number 44 out there, Trayvon Walker. Where is Walker in the stat sheet? I'm looking for him. Trayvon Walker. I was pretty sure I saw him very early in the game, but I don't think he played that many plays. Um, I don't see Trayvon Walker in the defensive stat sheet as far as, you know, any hits or tackles or anything like that. Um, I think Tyson Campbell is over the uh, concussion protocol issues, but it looked like they must have held him out of the game. 
if he came in for a play or two, I didn't see it. I'm not seeing any stats with his name on it. Um, let's see. Caleb Hayes. Man, how about this? Caleb Hayes. I talked about him earlier. The undrafted cornerback slash nickelback, Caleb Hayes out of BYU. He had three tackles in this game. Three solo tackles. And you got to give that guy some credit. Undrafted free agent, he's playing. He's showing some production, showing some covered skills. He's a guy that's being talked about right now, Caleb Hayes. Cornerback slash nickelback. Three tackles, three solo tackles. Um, I'm just looking over some other guys. I think we mentioned most of the guys that got in on the play. Darius Williams, cornerback, had a tackle and a solo tackle in this game. Josh Allen had a tackle and a solo tackle. A lot of the starters didn't go very long. Trey Herndon was out there. Jaguars cornerback slash nickelback. Trey Herndon had one tackle and one solo tackle. Rayshon Jenkins, two tackles and one solo tackle. Chad Muma, linebacker Chad Muma. Had four total tackles and one solo tackle in the game. And that's some of what went on with the stats on the defensive side of the ball. Devin Lloyd got a tackle and a solo tackle. So that's some of the more pertinent uh, stats on uh, defense, as we recall. We appreciate you tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. We'll take a look at uh, some North Florida entertainment coming up. Again, the Sharks won the uh, the whole ball of wax in the National Arena League with a 54-45 victory over the Carolina Cobras. I have a good friend that plays for the Cobras, Zach Brown. And um, I was hoping Zach – well, you know, I'm, I'm a Jacksonville guy. I'm pulling for the Sharks, but I'm still kind of pulling for Zach Brown, who used to play for the Sharks and now plays for the Cobras. But the Sharks won the NAL with a 54-45 to victory over the Carolina Cobras. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment, some SEC football, college football in general, and more coming up here on the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, you're tuned in to episode show number 59 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, we appreciate you tuning in. I got some some info in from a good guy I know, uh, Avion Hale, commissioner of the EXFL. And Avion kind of gave me the rundown. I know the Devil Dogs had a big blowout win over the Sanford Tomahawks. I got the latest standings after the final regular season week, a six-week season. They play in the heat of the summer with the EXFL. They play on a 60-yard field. It's kind of like indoor football played outdoors in the elements on a 60-yard field, eight-man versus eight-man, eight-man versus eight. Final standings, the Devil Dogs, big blowout winners over the Sanford Tomahawks in Orange Park. 
Here's the final standing. South Florida Raptors 5-1 win the regular season. Palm Beach Capos 4-2. The uh, Pine County Falcons 4-2. The Devil Dogs, the uh, Clay County Florida Devil Dogs home base in Green Cove Springs 4-2, but they have played some of their games in Orange Park, which is still Clay County. Uh, Tri-County Steelers 1-5, and and the Sanford Tomahawks pulling up the rear 0-6. Top four teams in the playoffs. Here's the 2023 playoff picture playoffs. 2023 playoff picture for the EXFL. Played on a 60-yard field, eight men versus eight. The Devil Dogs have made the playoffs. They'll go on the road to play at the South Florida Raptors. That's the number one seed versus the number four seed. In the other playoff game in the EXFL, the Palm Beach Capos uh, will be hosting the Pine County Falcons with the two winning teams playing in the championship game, I believe, the week after the first-round games. So that's some of what's going on in the EXFL. Jacksonville Sharks won the NAL, National Arena League. Jacksonville Sharks 54, the Carolina Cobras 45, a nine-point win. The Jacksonville Sharks winning the National Arena League Championship. Several weeks ago, the Columbus Georgia Lions won the AIFA. Uh, Indoor Football League Championship in a different league. The Columbus Georgia Lions defeated the Mississippi Raiders uh, several weeks ago to win that title. We'll take a look at some concerts coming right up as well on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Jaguars winning their first preseason game in Dallas. The Jacksonville Jaguars 28, the Dallas Cowboys 23. Hey, we got more coming right up. Okay, we gave you we gave you the uh, standings after six weeks of play in the EXFL. The, the games, the eight-man on eight league, played on a 60-yard field. The league commissioner, Avion Hill, also got me the results to the games. Let's give you some results. Week six, game day results. South Florida Raptors, 20. The Palm Beach Capos, six a final. Uh, Pine County Falcons down around St. Petersburg area, Florida. Uh, Pine County Falcons put 50 on the board and beat the Tri-County Steelers 50-38. to 38. The Pine County Falcons 50, the Tri-County Steelers 38. Big win for the Devil Dogs in Orange Park, Florida. The Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs 50, the Sanford Tomahawks 34. The Devil Dogs on a three-game winning streak, and they're going into the playoffs. The uh, four-seeded Devil Dogs, let's see, they're going to play the South Florida Raptors on the road. Uh, The um, Palm Beach Capos will be hosting the Pine County Falcons from around the St. Petersburg area. Palm Beach plays way down south, a little bit north of uh, Miami. So you got the playoffs in the EXFL. Uh, the uh, South Florida Raptors will host the uh, Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs and the, let's see, the Palm Beach Capos will be hosting the Pine County Falcons. Winners of those games will play in the championship game in the EXFL. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. 
We will take a look at a little bit of North Florida entertainment out there. Things going on uh, across our areas. Most of you know the Florida Theater is revamping and remodeling over the next three months. Um, they started their remodeling and revamping last month in July. They will continue to remodel, uh, particularly the inside of the Florida Theater. I think they're redoing the air conditioning and heating systems in there to make it real nice for you. And they'll, you know, they'll do some other uh, cleaning up and and sprucing up, uh, the, especially in the inside of the Florida Theater, still keeping that iconic outside look. When you go by there on Forsyth Street, you see the Florida Theater. What an iconic building. I've, I've seen a lot of shows over there. Alan Parsons Project a couple of times, Boss Gags, uh, Natalie Merchant, Night Ranger, Kenny G, to name a few shows that I've seen in that building. Great place to watch a show. And I think I've watched the show from almost every level. I was like fourth row for Night Ranger. Um, I was, I think I was in the balcony at one juncture for Alan Parsons, sat lower at another Alan Parsons project show. Boss Gags had great seats for that one. Uh, enjoyed Natalie Merchant at the Florida Theater. As well, I might be missing a couple of shows I saw. Kenny G was a was a good show, and there's a story behind me going to that show that I won't mention on the podcast, but we'll probably you know mention that you know somewhere in the book when the book comes out. So thank you for listening to the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast, and we'll take a look at uh, current uh, North Florida entertainment as well. My uh, good buddy, Chris Barker, Chris Parker, I should say, um, updated me on some, you know, some info um, concerning, you know, some shows that his groups um, have been in, such as Late Night uh, Transfer. So we will uh, we'll update the uh, North Florida Entertainment, if you will. Again, the Florida Theater going to be a few weeks before they have shows. They'll have shows again. Uh, it would appear that they will have shows again in October at the uh, Florida Theater. So let's uh, pull up some of the latest uh, concerts um, to tell you about. And you can go to our concert area at bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com in the Neighbors 2 section. That's where I pull up the shows from when we talk about them, you know, on the podcast. Uh, we also sometimes mention some of the, mention some of the shows that have come and gone to kind of let you know who's been here, who's coming. Um, let's see, shows coming up. We were also very sad to learn of uh, Leonard Skinner's Gary Rossington, who passed away back on March the 5th of 2023 of this year. He was 71. Um, also, make sure you tune in for the Mad Max Mix internet radio show. The Mad Max Mix, and he plays a lot of Leonard Skinner. A lot of those old songs that Gary Rossington, the late Gary Rossington, was a part of, and the entire group was a part of. Um the Mad Max Mix Internet uh, Radio Show. It is the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That is 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time and can be accessed at Mad Max Mix. 
www.weebly.com. You'll find the links uh, on our website, too, for Mad Max's show at bigjreport.com. Check it up. Check it on some shows. Checking on some shows. Jackson Brown did perform in Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown, back on Friday night, July the 28th of 2023, at the Jacksonville Moran Center for the Performing Arts. I didn't get a chance to go to that. Would have loved to have gone uh, to that show um, by Jackson Brown. One of my, one of my, he, he's on the list. He's, you know, he might be on my top 20 or top 30 groups of all time. Jackson Brown, great singer. Uh, North Florida, North Florida local bands, jam band, late night transfer, North Florida local band, Psychic Deli played shows in Port Charlotte, Florida, just a few days ago in Port Charlotte, Florida. They played at Burt's uh, back porch venue at the Twisted Fork. Those were matinee shows for late night transfer and Psychic Deli. And both groups played that day back on July the 29th in Port Charlotte, Florida. Snoop Dogg was at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena back on August the 5th of 2023. Local North Florida jam band Late Night Transfer uh, played at the Voussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida uh, this past Saturday night back on August the 12th. They played the late night show from about 10 p.m. to 1.30 in the morning. Also, country singer... Jason Aldean will be at the arena at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena coming up in a few days on August the 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. And in September of 2023, Molly Hatchett will be playing a show in Ponte Vedra on Friday evening, September the 8th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall here in Northeast Florida. Also got the info on Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, with that famous song, School's Out for the Summer. And he had many other songs, too. Alice Cooper, also Alice Cooper performing. Let me give you the details on the Alice Cooper show. Alice Cooper performing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater on October the 4th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. That's a rundown of some of the concerts. We don't do them all, but, you know, most of the shows that we tell you about are shows we would recommend or would even like to see ourselves, or they're just so big out there that a lot of people are interested in the name of the artist, the group, et cetera. We try to keep you up to date here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast with uh, North Florida Entertainment. Now, before I go today, we've got to mention the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. What are these guys doing? All of a sudden, they, you know, they're 10 games under 500, and now they absolutely go. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp go incredibly on an eight game, actually, an eight game uh, winning streak. They're still on the streak. The last game they won was an eight to nothing win over uh, Norfolk, and let's see, AAA Baseball, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp get hitting and pitching in route to their eighth win in a row, which was an 8 to nothing shutout win over the Norfolk Tides on Saturday, August the 12th of 2023. The Jumbo Shrimp now 55 and 57, flirting 
with getting back up to the 500 mark. They were 10 games under 500. Now they're two games under. After going on this incredible eight-game winning streak, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now 55-57, and 57, playing at home this weekend, playing um, the Norfolk uh, Tides at home, actually. So, you know, a lot of good baseball. Jacksonville is very blessed to have the 121 Financial Ballpark. It is an outstanding stadium. Great AAA baseball stadium. I know that I've seen when the Jumbo Shrimp have played at Charlotte, they have a really nice stadium up in Charlotte, too. And there's other stadiums in AAA baseball that are really, really nice as well. So the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 8, the Norfolk Tides nothing on Saturday night, August the 12th. So the Jaguars win on August the 12th, their first preseason game, 28-23 to over the Cowboys. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp beat Norfolk 8 to nothing. Uh, the winning pitcher for the Jumbo Shrimp was Cabrera. E. Cabrera, now 2-0 with a 1.50 ERA. Uh, DeJesus got his first save as it looks like the Shrimp. they got some new pitchers pitching. E. Cabrera is like 2-0 now with a 1.50 ERA. Get some good pitching, some good hitting. You can win some games, and presently the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are exactly on an eight-game winning streak. I think that's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report this time around. However, we got to talk college football before we go. It seems like, man, I love talking college football, and, you know, we never run out of things to actually talk to our Teal Shirt Report podcast audience about college football. We, you know, we've talked about the Lindy's top 10, Georgia ranked number one, Michigan number two. And I didn't know all the, the I didn't really know all the details or ramifications about Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for part of this year for whatever he did or whatever happened. But now apparently that suspension has been dropped and he'll coach the entire season. And Michigan should have a good year. Lindy's thinks they're number two in the country. They think Georgia's number one, Michigan number two, Ohio State three, Alabama four, LSU number five. Hold your breath on this one. Florida State sixth in the nation. The Washington Huskies seventh in the nation. Penn State eighth. Texas Longhorns ninth with a couple of good quarterbacks on the, on that roster. And USC is ranked 10th in the nation. We talk about conferences realigning i'm not the biggest fan of nil deals or uh the transfer portal you know when they used to transfer they'd have to sit out a year they're not even making them do that anymore who runs college football we we kind of know who owns it now pretty much espn they put a lot of money they invested a lot of money to own college football many many years ago you know since probably the 90s um Basically, TV controls most all the kickoff times of the football games. Um, They control it. College football, in my mind, I just have to say this. I mean, college football is oversaturated. I love the game. It was a beautiful game back in the 1970s, 1980s, even part of the 1990s. A beautiful game. However, there's things that I'm not a big fan of about college football. I'm not a big fan about the NIL even though the, you know, the players, I guess it all started with the Northwestern players, but, you know, you know, the truth be known. I mean, it started years and years ago where teams were paying players kind of under the, under the table. 
So you have to look at it like now they can do it, and they call it the NIL deal. Um, back in the day when they did it, they got probation, <clears throat> unless you were certain programs that they really didn't touch, but, you know, that's another complete subject. College football, the way I see it, we're still going to cover it at BigJReport.com. We're still going to cover it on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. However, I can't agree with everything they do. Um, it's about revenue. It's about TV ratings. It's about having something on the network to be able to say, hey, we got another game on. We're going to put the advertisers in there. College coaches make a lot of money, as you know. Players are making money from the NIL deals. The transfer portal, man, it's a big thing every year. Maybe more often than just once a year, right? The transfer portal is always popping. You got the NIL deals. I'm not a big fan of all, but they're all part of college football in 2023. The Florida Gators will open the season on the last Thursday night in August at Utah. I'll be pulling for the Florida Gators you know, like I've done for years, since the early 1970s. I know. I mean, is it is it worth repeating about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp? Eight wins. Absolutely eight wins in a row now by the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Triple A baseball, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp getting hitting and pitching in route to their eighth win in a row with an eight to nothing shutout win over the Norfolk Tides uh, on Saturday, August the 12th of 2023. The Shrimp now 55 and 57 on the season after eight wins in a row. They were 10 games under 500. Now they're just two games under 500. Amazing, right? We're talking uh, college football again. That top 10 from Lindy's, Georgia, number one, Michigan, number two, Ohio State, Buckeyes, three, Alabama, four, LSU, five, incredibly, Florida State, sixth, Washington Huskies, seventh, Penn State, eighth, Texas with a couple of pretty good quarterbacks, Arch Manning, and even a guy that's I think playing ahead of Arch Manning right now. They got two good quarterbacks at Texas. The Texas Longhorns ranked ninth. The Texas Longhorns ranked ninth in the Lindy's top 10 when the books came out a few weeks ago. USC, the Trojans, will eventually be moving to the Big Ten from the Pac-12. Conference realigning continues. The transfer portal, the NIL deals, it never stops. Who owns college football? It's the main four-letter network, ESPN. I know there's some games on Fox and CBS as well, but, man, they paid a lot to own college football. The coaches, the head coaches make a lot more money than they used to, and now the players are in on it too with the NIL deals. Sometimes a player gets an NIL deal, and then the next year he enters a transfer portal, maybe looking for another deal. So college football, man, it has has changed the shuffling of, Teams moving from conference to conference, player moving from team to team. What do you think about college football? If you have any, if you like what's happening, some people do. But I think most traditionalists are having some, quite frankly, some trouble with it. 
So you can always write to me, Scott, at BigJReport.com. I'd love to hear both sides of the issue, both sides of the coin, or maybe even if you're somewhere in between. Write to me, Scott, at BigJReport.com. We wanted to talk about, after all, this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We wanted to talk about, you know, the Jaguars' immediate schedule coming up. We all know about the great Jaguars' 28-23 win over the Dallas Cowboys, which makes the Jaguars, whether this is impressive or not, it makes the Jaguars 1-0 in the preseason. I think the Jags are going 11-6 and in the regular season once it starts. So the Jacksonville Jaguars 28 the Dallas Cowboys 23 in Dallas in that first preseason game on August the 12th. Next preseason game for the Jaguars will be on Saturday, August the 19th at Detroit, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Now, that's a rare. Man, back in the day when I was a kid coming up, all the preseason games or most of the preseason games were daytime. Uh, This game at Detroit, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, looks like this game will be on the NFL Network. And this is a pretty good matchup. Now, what happens in preseason now? Will Trevor Lawrence maybe not hardly play anymore? He played in the first game, went five out of six against Dallas, one touchdown, one interception. Will he play in this game? I think the battle might be for the second-string quarterback, C.J. Beathard, and now the third-string guy, Rourke. He may try to push Beathard for the number two spot, but I think you may see all three quarterbacks end up on the roster. Maybe the third guy's on the practice squad, which probably will be Rourke. Rourke looked better, at least in the Dallas game, um, than Beathard. But, you know, you got a couple more preseason games to go. So the Jaguars play at Detroit on Saturday, August 19th. That's the next game coming up, 1 o'clock kickoff. That game's on the NFL Network. Okay, now I see now I see something about seven o'clock p.m. Okay, sometimes maybe it can, maybe this game is going to be at one time or another. No, I think that's the Miami game. Okay, I see now. Okay, uh, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars playing at Detroit. The Jacksonville Jaguars playing at the Detroit Lions. That looks like to be a one o'clock p.m. kickoff. On Saturday, August the 19th. Okay, the next game is a 7 o'clock kickoff. Now I'm seeing this schedule a little bit more clearly. The Jacksonville Jaguars play Saturday night, August the 19th at the Detroit Lions. And these are two teams on the rise. The Detroit Lions are expected to have a good team in 2023, just like the Jaguars. The Jaguars have a really good shot of winning their division. How about Detroit's division in the... uh, NFC North, if you will. Maybe with Aaron Rodgers gone, Green Bay slides a little bit, even though their their quarterback, uh, Jordan Love, played pretty good in game one. The victory, they beat the Bengals like, what did they beat the Bengals? 36 to 19. So the new quarterback, Green Bay, played well, played well in game one. Packers won their game like uh, 36 to 19 over the Bengals just a few days ago. Um, So we'll see what happens. I mean, um, Packers quarterback Jordan Love, you know, through 
threw a touchdown pass to Romeo uh, Dubs. Um, Packers beat the Bengals pretty good, actually. What was it, 36-19, I believe? Um, you know, Jordan Love played pretty good in the first game. So we'll see what happens. It's a long season. I mean, the guy's got to stay healthy. Guys have to perform up to expectations. How well is um, Jordan Love going to be with the playbook as they get into the regular season now that he's the – looks like he's to be the every week quarterback for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, Jordan Love, um, you know, going to play a lot of football. Aaron Rodgers no longer a Packer. How about that? Okay, so back to the Jaguars' uh, preseason schedule. The Jacksonville Jaguars play Detroit. I think Detroit and Chicago may be two teams on the come. Um, two teams ascending or improving, if you will. Uh, Chicago may be a year away from being a really good football team because they've had some high draft picks now. Green Bay may slide, but it's going to be an interesting division. Then there's always Kurt Cousins and the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So it's going to be a battle in that, that NFC North division. Who do I like in that division? Detroit and Minnesota. Could they be the top two? Maybe Chicago slides into the third spot. Maybe Green Bay drops now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers. That's one way of looking at it, or a few different ways of looking at it, actually. Because you got four teams involved. Some are going to go up. Some are going to slide down. Or that division may be really, really tight. But it looks like Detroit has a much better team than they've had in uh, recent years. I think Chicago's a, a franchise and a team that's rebuilding some, but at the same time trying to compete. And the Bears may be much better next year than this year. It's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Minnesota, I think they're going to be a contender, but for how long in the NFC North? Green Bay may slide, or can Jordan Love kind of ride the ship and prove that you know he can, can be the guy in Green Bay? So the Jacksonville Jaguars play at the Detroit Lions on Saturday, August 19th. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff. Then you got the, all of a sudden, the final preseason game is the third one. The Jaguars have already played the Cowboys, beat them 28-23. Game two of the preseason, the Jacksonville Jaguars at Detroit on Saturday, August the 19th at 1 o'clock. The 7 o'clock kickoff is the Miami game. And that is actually the only home game of the preseason in Jacksonville. The game, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, August 19th game for the Jaguars will be at Detroit, 1 o'clock kickoff. Then the very following Saturday, August 26th, the Jacksonville Jaguars finally get a home game at Everbank Stadium. It'll be the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Miami Dolphins in-state rival game. Two teams, though, in... Obviously, in different divisions, both know I-95 very, very well, Miami and Jacksonville. Then the regular season will start. You know, we should say the 53 will be decided right there toward the tail end of August. And then when the cuts are made, the Jags will have, after the cuts are made, they're going to have about nine, almost ten days to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts. First game will be at the Indianapolis Colts on September the 10th at 
Indianapolis at 1 o'clock p.m. First regular season home game will be September the 17th as the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Kansas City Chiefs in a 1 o'clock game on September the 17th at Everbank Stadium. The stadium is now known again as Everbank, but they're not calling it Everbank Field. They're calling it Everbank Stadium. And that is about it today on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening, man. We've gone over a whole lot of stuff. We really have. Um, there was, you know, every time I get finished with one of these podcasts, I say, you know, we should have talked about this. We should have talked about that. Uh, I will mention, let's see, I will mention some stuff. Let's see about, uh, we do cover semi-pro football out here um, in the world of semi-pro football, arena, indoor and outdoor football. Uh, with a come from behind victory, the Jacksonville Sharks win the National Arena League title in 2023. The Jacksonville Sharks 54, the uh, Carolina Cobras 45, a final on Saturday night, August the 12th of 2023. Um, also in the AI. FA title game, which was played several days ago, the AIFA indoor uh, football title game, the Columbus Georgia Lions 55, the Mississippi Raiders 10, a final in indoor football back on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023 in Columbus, Georgia. We gave you the EXFL scores a little bit earlier from uh, this past weekend as well, right? Uh, if you missed any of those scores, you know, we, we have posted them. We are in the process of posting them on the website and the Facebook groups as well. And let me give you the scores right now. We do have them. Semi-pro football, EXFL, eight-man on eight. Uh, football league played on a 60-yard field in the EXFL. Games on Saturday, August the 12th of 2023. Game results. Week number six, game day results, South Florida Raptors 20, Palm Beach Capos 6, a final. Pine County Falcons 50, the Tri-County Steelers 38, a final. And the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs, home based in Green Cove Springs, Florida. But the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs also play some of their games in Orange Park, which is also Clay County. The Clay County Florida Devil Dogs 50, the Sanford Tomahawks 34, a final on Saturday, August the 12th of 2023. Good luck to the Clay County uh, Florida Devil Dogs in the upcoming EXFL playoffs. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Game two of the preseason coming up. The Jacksonville Jaguars 1-0 in the preseason. After that, you know, very, I guess you'd say very pleasing victory over Dallas, 28-23 to on the road. Jaguars play at the Lions on uh, Saturday, August the 19th. I believe that's, as we mentioned earlier, 1 o'clock uh, kickoff in Detroit. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Special thanks to our producers. Um, of course, our executive producer, JC, our producer, Alex Nunry. We want to thank our contributor and supporter, John Gaylor. Um, David David Martin, who reports to us on a lot of semi-pro football stuff. David, always special thanks to you. Avion Hale from the EXFL, thanks for all the info. 
uh, the standings, the scores, etc. Avion's also sent me some stats, so we get a lot of stuff from the EXFL. The uh, semi-pro football um, outdoor league, it's an eight-man versus eight-man, eight-man versus eight outdoor football league. It's like indoor football played outdoors because it's only on a 60-yard field, and it's eight-man versus eight. And they play in the elements on the uh, 60-yard field, of course, as well. So, Avion Hale, thank you so much for the info concerning the EXFL. Thank you to everybody tuning in. Again, we've been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC. Also, our producer, Alex Nunry. Thank you guys uh, very, very much uh, for all the help. Special thanks to our sponsors, uh, Saucerility and Capital, Lake Uvala Hits. Also, um, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, the XFLToday.net, as well as Saucerility and Capital in North Florida. They're doing real estate deals in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak, and almost every area in between, and a little bit south of that North Florida line. Special thanks to Larry Saucer with Saucerility and Capital. This has been episode show number 59 of season number four. Now I had, I actually had the number 59. There is a Jaguar that wears number 59 now. And that is actually Raymond Bohasek, nose tackle. He's going to be most likely a backup. Let's see if he makes the 53, but he's wearing 59 at the present time. That is of course, Raymond Bohasek. Um, Playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars and, of course, uh, wearing wearing number 59 to kind of signify episode show number 59 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And uh, let me see if I can pull a little info up on Mr. Raymond. Raymond Vahosik. Nose tackle. Let's see. I got some stuff on uh, Raymond. Plays for the Jaguars. Where is that? Uh, number 59, of course. Let's see. Let's see. Raymond Vahosek. Number 59. He, he sports a beard in his latest uh, picture, by the way. Raymond Vahosek. Um, so... I'm pulling. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the stuff on Vahosik. So please uh, bear with me just a moment. Mm-hmm. Vahosik. Let's see. Let's pull some information up on Vahosik. Plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where's number fifty-nine? Defensive tackle, nose tackle, etc. Raymond Vahosik, number fifty-nine, defensive tackle, basically with the Jaguars or nose tackle. He's a rookie. Uh, six foot two, 311 pounds, played college ball at, uh, North Carolina, trying to make the team. Maybe he ends up on the practice squad. Does Raymond Bohasek make the team? All these guys trying to make the team. Bohasek or Bohasek, uh, has said he didn't receive any scholarship offers coming out of McHenry High School in Illinois and that he planned on entering the construction business until coaches from the College of DuPage called 
He wound up recording 12 tackles for loss and 8.5 sacks as a freshman in uh, 2017. Bahasic played in uh, 12 games as a reserve in his first season in North Carolina in 2019, 15 tackles, five for a loss with one sack before earning honorable mention all ACC honors in recognition in 2020. Finishing third on the team with 7.5 sacks. This is a guy that his entire football career, man, he has been an underdog. And now he's trying to make the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whether he makes a practice squad or the 53-man roster, good luck to Raymond Bohosik, defensive tackle, nose tackle, who wears number 59 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did want to honor uh, number 59, as you know. And um, happy, you know, very, very uh, happy to do that, of course. Raymond Bozik, um wearing number 59 of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we congratulate uh, uh, Raymond on being out there. He's come a long way, obviously, in his, uh, his football career. And he wears number 59. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course. So we're going to go back to the conclusion now of the podcast. I had to look up some information on Raymond Bohosik. I believe we're all done now. Again, thank you guys for listening. Raymond Bohosik, good luck to you the rest of the preseason. It's going to be hard for him to make the team as a backup, but we'll see what happens. Good luck to Raymond Bohosik wearing number 59. We gave him some publicity out here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 59, season number four. Thank you guys for listening. I am Scott, your host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and I'm out. Until next time, have a great day.